1: all right that's easy i've never
2: done it before but i own the coin like the actual token so i figured i'd check the app out too Welcome to theAwesomeO.com NBA Strategy Show presented by No House Advantage. I'm Dave Loughran on the Twitters at Lafayette underscore D, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. Give me a follow along with my main man, Josh Engelman, at Josh Engelman on the Twitters as well. Here to break down an 11-game slate. It's daunting. I know. It really is, Josh. It's daunting, man. You look at this and you say... Dear God, what have we gotten ourselves into again?
1: Can't be sending me those DMs right before I start, man. I'm not ready for that stuff. I could barely <laughs> Am breathe I wrong, right now. Though? No, not at all. You're absolutely right. I'm not really in any position to say anything, but that's neither here nor there. We could talk about it after this because I don't think that we could talk about it right now. No. 11 games is a lot man. Like nobody ends up looking like a good play. The difference between being someone of being like a guy that's in 15% of lineups to 18% could just be a minute. You can move somebody from 10th to 60th and it's really just like two minutes of playing time. There's just so many different options. I truly think it's too many games.
2: Yeah, it is. I hate it. Give me the set, six to eight game slates. They are yep. very fun, but we're happy to have you guys with us. What's going on everybody? Tony in the chat. Dwayne I love the awesome badges man they look good they look look good good. I'm a fan and I I helped come up with the idea for the the, not the the Jake D did the design awesome but kept come up with the idea as far as like what we would do and the ones if you're so I'm talking about like if you're an awesome YouTube member the diamond one and then the awesome like shiny gradient is is sick
1: as hell they are. They're, they're really awesome. I'm excited to see when they start popping up a lot. You can, like, upgrade your way to them, right?
2: I think you can. Yeah, I think you can. Or you can just, you know, sit back and relax. But, uh, yeah, we are happy to have you guys here. Hit that thumbs up. And if you're listening here, maybe the show is over. Remember, you can always check all of these shows out in podcast form if you'd like. Maybe you don't want to put your phone in your pocket with the screen open on YouTube. Say you don't have YouTube Premium or something like that. Apple Podcasts. Uh, Spotify, whatever it is you use, we're there. Leave a rating and a review if you don't mind. More importantly, though, subscribe to the YouTube channel. That helps us more than anything else, more than thumbs up, more than chat, more than comments, which I read all of your comments after the shows. But subscribing to the channel if you haven't done so yet is what really helps us the most. All right, man. I said all I said. I stalled long enough. You ready to do this? Absolutely. All right. Fantasy Cruncher Pro, pull it up, our trusty producer, Jordan Klein. We'll see what we got from yesterday. Josh, take this away. Anything stand out to you that was shocking in the top lineups on DraftKings?
1: Yeah, it looks like it was a good day for 150 maxers. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine in the top ten, including a bunch of names that you're familiar with. None of which are uh, names that I'm going to say because they're not affiliated with awesomeo.com. So uh, we'll go ahead and skip that. Jay Blake, the king, though, takes down the 100K on DraftKings. Nikhil Alexander Walker, 40% owned. So it looks like people had no trouble swapping into that once Lonzo got ruled out. He was fine. Bruce Brown was absolutely terrible. Didn't play again after his third quarter stint. Just fully didn't come back to the game. Brutal. Didn't see that one coming. Awful. Uh, PJ Dozier in the lineup, 4.5% owned. Only 24.5 fantasy points, but I guess it worked because 6% owned Al Farouk went for 44.5%. That's always exciting. Nikola Jokic, James Harden, Robert Covington, and Enos Cantor round out the rest of the lineup. I like everything about it other than, uh, you know... I don't think that I would have got to Dozier with all that sort of regularity. Um, I wouldn't have thought that I could recover from the Bruce Brown, but I guess because he was 50% owned, it didn't matter as much.
2: Yeah, I guess not. I threw my two lineups into this one just, you know, because I'd kill my, I'd kick myself. Sorry. If, uh, you know, I happened to have one of the best lineups on the site and didn't put it into this contest. You know how that FOMO works. Oh, yeah. um, and both of them had Al Faruq So that was good. Nice. And I thank Adam Share for that. He talked about it on the uh, NBA Deeper Dive. Apparently, he didn't end up with with any, but <laughs> but he was on, and that's all that matters. Sometimes you're not going to. He's been playing one lineup lately. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that happens. But AFA had a ceiling game, <laughs> no doubt about it. It was a ceiling game. Like, what is the probability that you get that fantasy uh, production from Al Farouk Amino? In all seriousness, what do you think it is?
1: so let's see it was 3,800 so three percent less really you think yeah. so yeah D- depending on what you projected as minutes for 29 like I don't think 29 would have been a regular projection so you could probably like if you get the minutes right I think it changes a little bit but less than three percent
2: so yeah it was nice and now you will forget about
1: Al Camino until he does this again late in April absolutely Actually, I recommended him today in uh, Contenders, but that's neither here nor there. By the way, I, I did shout out a lot of 150 maxers that aren't all that interesting um, because they're not associated with us. But if we slide over to FanDuel, we can't review it for lineup study. Uh, main man, Rinpak Pack, drop coming in second, picking up a big one. And then Gene Kim finished I mean, third. He's everywhere. He's everywhere, everywhere, dude. He's everywhere.
2: But it's awesome because he's been tweeting us his screenshots and he's been... In our YouTube chat for so long now, like I've been seeing Gene screenshots and comments for a long time now of him winning. And it's I bet you remember this. It started off with like small wins on Yahoo and and fantasy fantasy draft. One of those. I know you remember what I'm talking about. I do. It was small, like eight hundred thousand dollar wins. Now, and it was like a 2,005 and 10,000 and 20,000. And it just kept building and building and building. Uh, and it seems like he's got a legitimately sustainable process that he's been crushing with.
1: Yeah. So he and Rimpack, second and third last night.
2: Yeah. Congrats to Rimpack. uh, of, of course, part of the Awesome O team. And, and Gene Kim is, in my mind, part of the Awesome O team as well. So great stuff. Ben snapping with the super chat. Says, Josh, good stuff on your 30 days. What's that mean?
1: Whole30 is over today, man. I get to eat uh, grains and dairy and cheese and stuff again. I'm excited to have food. Oh, you were on a diet? I was. I did Whole30 for the past 30 days. Oh, I wouldn't have noticed. Lost some uh, some LBs, brother. <laughs> What's that? Ener- energy through the roof. Yeah? You yeah. lose any poundage? I did. How much? Five and a half pounds with zero exercise. Okay.
2: <laughs> That's not bad. no but you feel better
1: right you feel better. i I feel incredible that's all that matters what was the diet whole 30 so basically just like a lot of meat and vegetables like no processed foods no grains no rice none of that stuff no beans no carbs basically uh sweet potatoes okay Uh, so i i had sweet potatoes pretty regularly
2: nice work that's good stuff, man. I got to do something like that. I feel so lethargic sometimes. You know?
1: Oh, dude, I get to – normally, I get to 2 o'clock, I feel like I'm ready to die. Now I feel like I could run through my wall. Like, wow, just, Don't do that, but that's awesome. Yeah. I, I could do it. I'm tough. <laughs> All
2: right, 11 games. Let's dive into this one. We've got uh, Detroit and Indiana at the top of the docket here. So we've got the Pacers, six-point favorites, 218 and a half. Uh, I think we'll start it off with a road team, as we always do, Josh. And from an injury standpoint, nothing significant stands out. All the main players from Detroit seem to be in line to play here. Diallo is not going to be in the lineup. I don't know if he will be for the rest of the season, honestly. And then you've got guys like Wayne Ellington, questionable. Uh, and I don't believe Rodney Magruder's going to play. But nothing really substantial here coming in for the Detroit Pistons.
1: No, I mean, like, if Wayne Ellington plays – That's interesting, but on an 11-game slate, it becomes basically useless. So Jeremy Grant's projected for 11% ownership on FanDuel. Uh, That is the highest number of anyone on the Pistons. 6.2 is the next highest on either FanDuel or DK. And this is going to be how this 11-game slate works. We've got 22 teams. Just about everyone's going to look awful today. Uh, There are going to be very few and far between guys where we're like, this is a guy you need to play. Jeremy Grant on FanDuel is a guy that you should have with mild regularity on a day like today. Nothing too crazy. But Jeremy Grant, to me, is the best play on FanDuel. Similar story on DK. If you really like a Sadiq Bay or DeLon Wright or Josh Jackson, go for it. But these guys are guys that shouldn't be in more than – like if you're playing 150 lineups, you know, like five lineups, six lineups, that's what we're talking about here. There is no volume to speak of on the Pistons outside of Jeremy Grant, and he is at the low end of that volume.
2: And when you're on an 11-game slate, you don't need to force in certain teams. No,
1: at, not all. at all. Not at all. You and will Detroit, have no problem finding options.
2: Right, and Detroit is one of those teams. Like, I think aggregate ownership on them has to be one of the lowest on the slate. But it appears that Indy is too, Josh. I mean, I, I don't really see much on the Pacers right now whatsoever from an ownership standpoint, at least you know, the cursory look on DraftKings. Now, the big question here is, what happens with Miles Turner and with Malcolm Brogdon, both of whom yeah. were late additions to the injury report on, uh, on Monday and now remain questionable going into this game. That can change a lot if either of them ends up being sidelined. But if they play, it doesn't feel like this is going to be a team against a slow-paced Pistons team that really makes a lot of noise.
1: Yeah, so no one is in double digits in ownership for the Pacers on DK. And we are still waiting on that Brogdon-Turner news. I have them both in, as does Alex. Uh, I think you can get to a little bit of Turner at 5,600, but I will recommend him basically till the day I die. FanDuel's a little bit different, though. We're actually getting a little bit of ownership to Sabonis, to Brogdon, and to Justin Holiday. Holiday in particular, 19% owned on FanDuel at 3,900. If Malcolm Brogdon and Miles Turner are in, I can't imagine wanting 20% of Justin Turner on a 30 third. Why am I saying 30 on an 11 game slate? I have no idea what I'm doing there. Uh, (laughs) so I would be a bit away from that sort of ownership on holiday, even at 3,900. I have no problem getting to like a 15% owned DeMonte Sabonis, clearly. Uh, Brogdon, though, also to me, a little bit over owned. This is not a good DFS matchup. We have actual good DFS matchups today, including both late night hammers. Um, The easiest way to describe a slate like this is like, you're basically only playing starters or guys that play like 28 minutes or more. So if you, if you get to Sabonis or Turner or Brogdon or Levert or even Justin holiday in this example, sure. Like um, it's impossible to say, no, they're not a good play, but there's nothing standing out in this game at all. Okay. So
2: I know that TJ McConnell isn't exactly like a low value or a high value punt in the event that, that Brogdon is out, but he was on pace. He played 32 minutes last game and was on pace to play uh, quite a bit more than that. He was on pace to play around 36, 37 minutes. He came out with the final four and a half minutes in the blowout. Uh, He came in for Edmund Sumner in the first quarter, Josh, and played like 19 and a half straight minutes to close out the half. So uh, if Brogdon sits five K McConnell on Fandle, $5,900 McConnell, He's a fantasy point. He's a plus one fantasy point per minute guy by a little bit on the
1: year. Is that someone you might look to? Yeah, but the price is already a little bit higher than I'd really like it to be. If Look, here's the deal. If Brogdon is out and TJ McConnell is starting for the Pacers today, in. Sounds good to me. He'll probably play 32, 34 minutes. He didn't even
2: start that last game and he still played 32 minutes and didn't close in the final five minutes, which he would have.
1: That's, that's so hard to do too. But I mean, he's the type of guy that could play like the second and third quarter in full. He did. He's just, he, is, yeah, he's just, he did, but that's just, he's one of like the five guys that I would name that would have that sort of ability. Um, I don't really like him all that much at 5,900 on DraftKings, even if that does work out for him. Uh, but ultimately I see him as like, mostly not playable today because I'm assuming Brogdon plays. Okay. By the way, I, apparently I called Justin holiday, Justin Turner. So uh, uh-huh. we're, we're getting there. We're getting there.
2: It, yeah, baseball season right around the corner. I mean, I call basketball players, football players' names at least a month into the season,
1: right? I, I called Russell Westbrook, Russell Wilson for weeks.
2: <laughs> All the time. And when we used to go position by position on shows, this is back when when I was with other sites, it would take me so long before I'd stop calling center catcher and catcher center when yeah. you get to the C spot, uh, you know, on DraftKings flipping through those tabs. so Get that C uh, spot. That C spot. Oh, let's talk about Toronto and Denver. And by the way, I will say if, if Brogdon is out, I could legitimately see McConnell playing 35 plus minutes. So take yeah. that for what it's worth. You're right. He's priced up a bit, but uh, it feels like he's going to get pretty much guaranteed minutes. Toronto mm-hmm. and Denver, you've got the nuggets, uh, two and a half point favorites, two twenty-three total. Yeah. This Toronto team stinks, man. And I won't rehash everything I said yesterday. Cause I was really pissed off. But it's remarkable that a team with the amount of talent, collective talent that they have, can be so absolutely awful and lose a game in blowout fashion to the Houston Rockets. So uh, I don't know. Wouldn't be surprised to see him get smoked again today. What are your thoughts on the Nugs?
1: Yeah, so, like, clearly, Jokic looks good. He's not my preferred payup option, but uh, he should have no problem smashing whatever they run out at center, whether that's Baines, Boucher, or Siakam, anything. Uh, this is a really nice spot for Jokic. I will happily get to Michael Porter Jr. for 6500 on FanDuel. To me, that's a really nice price tag. He's picking up a little bit of ownership as well. And then Jamal Murray, prices is a little bit higher on FanDuel. Still no problem getting there because no one ever plays him, but he looks a lot better on DK where he's only seventy-three hundred. And then uh, everybody's favorite value play from yesterday that won 100K. P.J. Dozier is 3,400 playing, you know, like around 24 minutes. We have him projected for 18% ownership on DraftKings. I was going to say like, oh, P.J. Dozier is an okay value play on DK. If there are value plays like P.J. Dozier that aren't starting and probably are only playing like 24 minutes and they get ownership today, your best bet is to just find another version of that. There are too many teams to play chalk P.J. Dozier when no one else is out for Denver. And by the way, I believe Monty Morris is actually questionable today.
2: Yeah, so you see this often, right? And on an 11-game slate, how much stack are you trying to put into someone like that when you're not missing a Jokic or a Jamal Murray? I mean, don't you think you'd be want to be down at least some key players, Josh, before you start looking at a chalk P.J. Dozier?
1: Yeah. On an 11 game slate. Absolutely. Uh, To me, he's like, he was like a 9% guy. So we're talking about a a guy showing up that I would have said is like an okay value play today. And he's twice his own. Now I would have zero. Right. So second of a back-to-back for the Nuggets, you got a few
2: teams in a similar situation today. Dozier did play 28 minutes, right? Um, He had a decent enough game, but Really, it's just a matter of, are you going to get him to shoot 50-plus percent again? Is he going to get double-digit shots uh, in almost 30 minutes? And, I mean, look, at 3,400, assuming that Morris is out, of course, I think it's fine. But, you know, if he's going to be – is he the highest-owned – hold on, let me see something real quick. From a value standpoint, how many value options are cheaper than him? Like, in the low – I guess Claxton would be one of them. Other than that, you've got P.J. Dozier as, like, the highest-owned value play.
1: Yeah, so of the guys under 4K on DraftKings, Aminu is 15% owned. Or no, sorry, Aminu is 2% owned. I think that he should be like 15. TLC is like 12% owned. I think that that's about right. Dozier is the chalk play. Campaign is getting a ton of ownership. I don't agree with that. Justice Winslow is in double digits. JaVale. So just pick a different guy that plays a ton of minutes. We roll the dice on Isaac Okoro or Terrence Mann getting more minutes. Plenty of other options. All right. Uh, Do you have anything else for Denver that you want to hit on? No, I would say that Michael Porter Jr. is my favorite play on FanDuel and Jamal Murray is my favorite play on DraftKings. And anytime you want to roster Nikola Jokic, I won't talk you out of it.
2: Yeah, you mean the guy that has 70-plus DraftKings points in two of his last three games? Yeah. Best offensive center in basketball, baby. Best offensive center in basketball that isn't hurt right now?
1: Absolutely. I mean. Do we want to do this? Uh, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> you have to agree with me, don't you? You'd um, rather have Jokic's offensive game than Embiid's offensive I game. think they're equal. I don't How? I think they're equal. I mm. I think they're equal. I think, like, okay, just... I would rather have Embiid as, like, a, a, the, the whole Magilla because of how good he is defensively, but...
2: Embiid's averaging more points than he is, so it's not like...
1: And by three, because yeah, Jokic I, is going to lead the league in assists.
2: <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong; he's been spectacular there. Okay, so how about this then? Who's the best scoring big man in the league? Carl Ooh. Anthony Towns? No, no, dude, Towns is washed. I'm, I'm, I'm
1: kidding. <laughs> uh, I'm kidding. Uh, I mean, uh, probably. I mean, to me, Jokic.
2: Okay, I would say be. I would say Embiid, but so then if you want to I get a sell- little
1: nervous about guys and I don't I don't want this to come off as a criticism. I get a little nervous about guys that rely so heavily on free throw attempts.
2: See, I don't because Joel Embiid is so proficient at the line. He's shooting 50 or 86%. I would say Jokic just yes. sure. overall like overall offense, just the whole package, I would be I I would I would succeed that that is that's the wrong word but uh, I-, I would cede sorry that it is
0: every day we rise challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in at u.s border patrol protecting our borders is more than a job it's a calling agents answer the call working together to keep our country and communities safe if you are ready for a new mission join us border patrol and go beyond Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers.
2: This is Nikola Jokic. As far as the score goes, I think it's I think it's mb But anyway, yeah. Anytime, like you said, you want to play Nikola Jokic, go for it. He's a right. he's a monster triple double threat every single day. There are very few guys that can just go out there and rip off 30, 10, and 15, and you say, oh, okay, pretty
1: decent. Yeah. Hey uh, we, we finally got to the point where if I have one game, I would take Joel Embiid over Nikola Jokic. Yeah, for
2: sure. Uh and Jokic MVP odds went, you know, crazy after that LeBron James injury. As they should. Yeah. I still I, think that that Lillard at plus 1400 is is really good value. Someone he cannot,
1: he cannot win that award. Why is that? Uh, too many other guys that are still healthy it's
2: very possible but if they they were only when I tweeted it the other day they were only two and a half games out of the second place in the west and he did this with McCollum and Nurkic playing like 30 percent of games and 20 percent of games on the season a lot of people said oh they got lucky they you know they had negative differential none of that shit matters with a subjective award if at the end of the season you you finish second none of that matters
1: I could never give that award to Damian Lillard over Giannis.
2: That's fine. I'm just saying at plus four. Yeah, but the thing is, at plus 1,400, there's still good value there. If they kept winning games, given the position that they were in, based on the players that they had. I mean, look at that roster when McCollum and Nurkic were out. Not good.
1: No. No not not at all I, I i don't think that they're going to finish all that high so it really doesn't matter one two three four five six projected to finish seventh in the west by five Well, yeah and,
2: and if they do of course you're, you're talking it's an entirely different situation but they're actually not that far out of second what are you doing with toronto I and mean, I'm, I'm giving none of these guys mvp consideration i just want the
1: season to end for them. uh not playing anybody here really um owned OG Ananobi on FanDuel is the highest projected owned player from Toronto. I actually had Fred Van Vliet get into the 7% range in my Sims. So the easiest way to say this is I don't really recommend anyone from Toronto, but the same sort of status works. If you look at Van Vliet or Lowry, uh, Ananobi, Powell, or Siakam, if you look at any of those guys and think I like the spot for them because of X, Y, and Z, that is fine. They are functional rosterable players today none of them stand out none of them warrant heavy ownership that's very easy and we can move on because we have 11 games
2: boston and milwaukee got the boston celtics that was bad my apologies to all of you boston people four and a half point dogs 230 total uh they're um not a good team this year and this is probably one of the biggest surprises to me overall is just to see how badly The Celtics have struggled. You want to bring the argument up that they were down Kemba for a while, they lost Tatum to to COVID protocols, and and all of this good stuff. That's understandable. But they are below five hundred right now, and it's pretty shocking. So I'm not worried about this team at all. Neither am I. And as a Sixers fan, the last thing I want to do is finish first and then have to face Boston in the first round. I'm saying, though, To think that they're below 500 this far into the season, no matter what
1: situation they've dealt with, is pretty crazy. Yeah, It's just a weird season to me. Walker, Smart, Brown, Tatum, Tice, they've only played 115 possessions together this year, plus 11.5 when they do with a 95th percentile offense. When these guys are actually putting the five guys that they want to be out on the floor, out on the floor, everything goes really well for Boston. So they have a lot of irons in the fire. Coming up into this trade deadline, murmurs of Fournier and Aaron Gordon potentially coming in. They still have the giant trade Oh, the extension. cover boy
2: for the contenders video. Well played. Yeah, I, I've heard of it.
1: I am not worried at all about Boston. I would be buying low on Boston if that was something I, would that I could actually do. But anyway, uh, for DFS. Gotta learn the play
2: though, through adversity, though, Josh. And then I haven't seen it.
1: Eh, they just keep being good in the playoffs, too, at least generally speaking. Good enough. They're young. They're young. Anyway, Tatum, Walker, Smart, Brown. I think they all look really good on FanDuel today. Three of them will round up. All four of them, 10% or higher in ownership right now. Um, I think that Kemba and Marcus Smart, 6,300 and 5K respectively, both stand out as under-owned plays. I would like to get a lot more here. You expect a Boston-Milwaukee game to be relatively close, and you expect those guys to play 34, 35, 36 minutes. That that's what I'm looking for here. So I really like Kemba. I really like Smart. Happy to get to Tatum and Brown more so than I've anybody else we've talked about. It's a little bit more muted on DraftKings. Kemba's $200 more expensive on DK. Marcus Smart's $900 more expensive. Jalen Brown is $500 more expensive. Still going to get to those guys, but I would probably throw Jalen Brown to the wayside. No one is getting big ownership on DK, but my focus again would be on Kemba to a lesser extent, Smart and Tatum.
2: Okay. On the Bucs side, they are – I I think this should be a fun game. There's not a lot of ownership going towards the Milwaukee Bucks at all. Now, Giannis Antetokounmpo being questionable, but practiced – I believe he practiced in full uh, Uh dealing with that knee, but still questionable. I have him in. I'm assuming you also have Giannis in today. Uh, And with that being the case, does that mean you're looking to him? And is there anyone else on the Milwaukee Bucks that interests you?
1: Yeah, so I am looking at Giannis. He – Clearly Uh, to me, he is like my fourth favorite payup option today. Like I would rather have Luka. I would rather have Harden. I would probably rather have Jokic from a DK perspective on Fanduel, It's probably like Harden, Luka, Giannis, Jokic, Towns, who's also above 10 K at this point, but clearly again, Giannis, just play him. There's don't, don't overthink it. He looks good. And then it's a little bit of filler. Like, The next highest owned guy on DK for Milwaukee is 1.9% Chris Middleton. (laughs) And I think that's warranted true holiday for 7,200 seems fine. He's $1,100 more expensive on FanDuel. That's a price tag. You just shouldn't be playing $4,900 Brooke Lopez on DK. Again, no ownership. These guys are more contrarian plays in large field stuff. Giannis is really the only true recommendation.
2: You know, it's going to be fun tomorrow when I have to write the deep dive on trade deadline day.
1: Uh, not nothing. By the way, uh, we didn't plan a trade deadline show. I'm just going to go live tomorrow at two o'clock, I think. Yeah. I mean, I've done it for the past two years.
2: All right. Maybe I'll jump on with you for a little bit. That'd be fun.
1: Yeah, just how how do people pop in and out? I just need to do that, so.
2: I got a ton of calls throughout the day, but if you're on, I might just pop my head and say what's up. Sure. Hopefully we'll get some action. We've done, I've done a couple trade deadline shows in the past where there was one, I was a fantasy insiders
1: at the time. So we're talking the about I, the Isaiah Thomas year.
2: Yeah. I don't, I, I can't remember, but it was a long time ago. And we were doing like, you know, graphics for it, for where this guy went, where this guy went. And I swear there were 30 some trades. Oh no. You know what year it was, Josh? It was the big like four team Cause I remember with the Sixers, the big four team Michael Carter Williams trade. Oh, so okay. you, you know what I'm talking about? I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Phoenix was involved in that. Uh, I, we may have got Is Tony it Roten Br- in
1: Memphis in that. It was it Brandon Knight got moved in that deal. Yeah, I think, Brandon Knight got
2: moved. I think we got Tony Roten and he came in and triple doubled in his first mm. game with the Sixers. But if Shame. you remember,
1: Jamie's not still there, man. I know that was fun. But if you Beginning guys getting of the process,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you guys do remember that trade deadline, it was it was absurd. And yeah, Bledsoe I think got moved in that as well.
1: So was he on the Clippers still? <laughs> No, I think... He... Oh, sons to Bucks. No. That, I don't know. I, I can't keep track of it all. The, the, the year that Isaiah Thomas got moved, he was traded to two separate teams at the same time and like NBA Twitter broke. <laughs> Nobody understood where he went.
2: Yeah, he was I like Schrodinger's remember, cat. I don't remember what year that was.
1: Charlotte, Houston. Let's keep this train rolling. Uh, I thought you were naming more teams that were involved in that big trade there for a second.
2: No, but they probably <laughs> were.
1: Uh, Hornets three-point
2: favorites, 222.5 total, taking a peek here on the Charlotte side. LaMelo ball out for, well, projected to be out for the rest of the season. And then you have Cody Zeller, Cody Zeller questionable for this game. Uh, I want to be a little unorthodox here, Josh, and start with Bismarck Biambo because he has now played 26 and 23 minutes in his last two games. He is very close to minimum salary. Now, I'm not over here singing his praises, but if – if Biombo plays 25, 26 minutes, 24 to 26 minutes, is there, is there a place for him on this 11-game slate, given that it's against a god-awful Houston team that is going to struggle, even with Christian Wood, uh, at the
1: center position? He becomes viable, okay. I would say. The problem is all of the other good stuff is already on Charlotte. Gordon Hayward, 30% owned on FanDuel. P.J. Washington, 38% owned on FanDuel. Rogier, Devontae Graham in double digits. The guy that I actually like the most for the Hornets, Malik Monk, is projected for 7% ownership. He's only 3,800 on FanDuel. So let's just put score. it this way. On FanDuel, if Cody Zeller is out, I would still rather have Malik Monk at 3,800 by a lot than Bismack Biombo.
2: I don't blame you. I actually think Biombo has a higher floor than... Malik Monk, but yeah, if if you're talking about tournaments, it really doesn't matter. That's not you're not saying, oh great, his you know, 15-point floor really, really saved me. I I think you would agree though that Malik Monk could give you five fantasy points today and and it wouldn't be shocking. Although he did play 27 minutes last game and shot 15 times. So that's
1: very interesting to me. I think the Cody Zeller news is huge. Devontae Graham is picking up ownership again, around 20% across both sites. If Zeller is in I like Graham. If Zeller is out, I will be fading Graham.
2: Okay. So I really liked Rozier last game just because it seemed like he was forgot, like a totally forgotten man, despite yeah. the fact that he was your dominant ball handling guard. Of course, of course, Devonte Graham at, at some point, sure. But like Rozier was the guy uh, to a large extent before Lamelo ball came into the picture. And we saw Josh, he played 39 minutes last game and had pretty solid numbers So what are your, uh, granted, he's $500 more on DraftKings now than he was then. That's understandable. But what do you think about Terry Rozier here, Uh, once again,
1: against a bad Houston team? He shows up in green for me. Uh, I think he's (laughs) slightly under-owned on DK. Similar story on FanDuel. I mean, to me, Charlotte is one of the best teams that you can get to today. In fact, in terms of just like aggregate odds of being in the optimal lineup, the Charlotte Hornets are at the top of my list of all 22 teams today. I would get to more Hornets than anybody else, ignoring public ownership. They are the answer to the team in the, in the strategy syllabus. They are my answer for team to target today. That's how much I like the Hornets. Okay. I, I like to hear it because I
2: like them a lot as well. Since the start of February, the Rockets are you know <laughs> bottom 10 in defensive rating. Their pace is top five in the league granted Christian Wood returning could make some bit of a difference, but it's not changing the, the, the full dynamic. This isn't like a Joel Embiid or a Rudy Gobert coming back to truly anchor a defense. So um, yeah, I think Charlotte is really appealing and truth be told, just, I don't think the prices have been boosted enough. You know, we saw all of these Lakers guys, the salaries shoot through the roof yesterday, they lose in blowout fashion and most of them don't come through, but it doesn't really appear that Charlotte's players have all been priced to a point where it's prohibitive.
1: No, not yet. They're All of these prices are going to go up. Like 7K oh, yeah. Gordon Hayward on FanDuel, that's going to be way higher. I expect Year to go up. Malik Monk's not going to sit at 3,800 all that long. Devontae Graham's not going to be 5K all that long. This is the day to get in uh, on uh, Charlotte, especially against Houston. Get in while
2: the getting's good. Truth. Uh, last Truth. question. Malik Monk, I know, I know you talked about him saying you liked him a lot. Is that a FanDuel or DraftKings thing? Because only 5.3% projected ownership on DraftKings right now.
1: Uh, more so FanDuel than DraftKings, just because he's only 300 above the minimum. But I don't mind getting there at 4,300 if you think that he's still going to get, call it, I, I have him in for 26 minutes today. So at that number, I think he makes for a really nice contrarian play on a large field contest because Houston's duty. Yeah,
2: they are. Uh, is Okay, sorry, I said last question before, but this is really the last question. Is Devontae Graham a tournament pivot for you at almost 25% projected ownership on DraftKings at 5,300? I am not
1: like he showed up 10% for me. I'm not a fan away
2: from him. I'm sorry. Yeah. I
1: I I think it's really important for Zeller to be there. It's one of those things that we, I mentioned it. I think the last time where I think that Zeller and the way that he interacts with Zeller is important. The same way that Lou will and Montrez Harrell had that uh, vibe where If Harrell ended up out, Lou Will just had bad games. And I think we could see the same sort of scenario here. So I'm actually waiting to see if Cody Zeller is out. And if that is the case, uh, I will be under the field on Devontae Graham again.
2: Good stuff. Got 500 plus people watching, only 88 likes. That's not bad. I mean, I appreciate it, but let's bump that number up a little bit here. If you're watching, you know, and maybe you've got a free hand or a free finger, hit that thumbs up button, subscribe to the channel. And Hey, if you want to become a member of on the awesome, YouTube channel, get a cool badge and some other stuff to go along with it. You can do that too, just by clicking join, uh, whatever you want. And and honestly, Josh knows this like super chats and stuff and, and and join members. It doesn't like it's all the super chats. You know, we have a lot of people that are here and, the, the membership and stuff. This is just something cool. I would yeah. I'll never like request that you do any of that. Uh, I, I just think it's cool to see us build the community here and, and as it grows and, and we see more awesome of badges next to it, you know, it's cool stuff. I agree. Houston. Christian Wood is back, has been back for a little while now. Victor Oladipo, John Wall. It appears that we might finally have the team back to get the band back together. Sans, Eric Gordon. Are you on them today? Uh, And do you think this could be one where you're actually game stacking, not intentionally, but just organically?
1: Huge fan of Christian Wood today actually showed up north of 20% in my Sims. That's pretty hard to do. That's across both sites. He's at 10% ownership. I would advocate double that or more. I'm not super worried about his minutes. I gave him 34. Uh, No real issue getting to John Wall, particularly at 7,600 on DraftKings. His ownership is already sort of there. Uh, The only other two guys that I think that are really rosterable for the Rockets, Victor Oladipo and Jay Sean Tate, but I'd be a little bit muted there. $4,900 house is okay, but we're talking about a guy that's like a 0.75 guy. So it's hard to get truly excited about it. I'm all, I'm here for the revenge narrative for Christian Wood, man. Give me like 30% of that dude today. Yeah. Revenge narrative for Christian Wood. Yeah, man. 107 minutes played for the Hornets in 2016. (laughs)
2: okay all right fair enough hey look
1: the Sixers screwed up man they should have kept him
2: they should have but like what would they have really done with him no just played him best offensive center on the team yeah oh, here we go he really is a phenomenal offensive center I'd yeah. argue that the that the Bucks screwed up the most because they actually saw what they had in him and still decided to let him go
1: I mean uh I think he would look really interesting alongside Zion yeah <laughs>
2: Oh, you know what? I I forgot. It wasn't. The, he was only on the Bucks for a little bit. I'm thinking he was only on all
1: of these teams for a little bit. Philly, yeah, was Charlotte, Detroit. Milwaukee, and Pelicans. He didn't play more than 17 games for any of those teams.
2: I was thinking about Detroit. He played uh, 60, yeah. 62
1: games for them. That's the team I was yeah. thinking. Those I mean, dummies signed on. Mason Plumlee instead. Yeah, Our exactly. Move. I like Mason more money.
2: Plumlee, so do player. I.
1: But like, what are you doing?
2: Right. Oh yeah. There's no apples to oranges.
1: Why Anything can't Bruce be Houston? compared? What's that? <laughs> No, uh, a joke that you won't get.
2: <laughs> this is, let's say, see
1: if I'll get it. I said, why can't fruit be compared? Oh, I don't get it. Yeah, it's a little dicky track.
2: Oh, I like him, but I don't know that one.
1: Yeah, so anyway, uh, Wood, clear, clear star for me. One of my top 10 plays of the day across both sites. Uh, John Wall, Jay Sean Tate are like consolation prizes. Phoenix and Orlando, Phoenix Suns.
2: Uh, where, where we got the Suns at? Phoenix Suns nine and a half point favorites, two thirteen total. Magic also playing their second of a back to back. I saw Aaron Gordon answering questions after the game about why he requested a trade out of Orlando. Well, uh, <laughs> did did
1: anybody just simply pay attention to the NBA for a week? Like do everybody doesn't know why Aaron Gordon doesn't want to be in Orlando. Maybe because it's Orlando. <laughs> anybody right. thought of that? At Shit, least that, the, that writes itself. At least the weather is nice, but you
2: know I, I i guess i guess it's understandable I, but you're right like i guess everyone wants to be out of anywhere that isn't a contender
1: right now yeah. start with start with phoenix though do you like anything from here no nope. although they're again ownership 17% owned deandre Ayton on dk at 5800 that feels a little rich for my blood 15% campaign at 3600 I have to imagine that either I accidentally put too many people in this game, or that's just going to be one percent by the end of the day, and we like carried the decimal the wrong way.
2: It feels um, like it, every to night me, Phoenix
1: doesn't exist. This, this game is fully just not a part of the sleep. Yeah, it feels like every night there's just not
2: much there for Phoenix. They're healthy, they're healthy, yeah. and there's just no one that really stands out like they should. Chris Paul, Booker, cannibalizing each other's production. Sure, they can have good games, but there just isn't much there. Anyway, Andrew Kang with the super chat. Thank you, sir. He says, what's up, guys? Lost 2,500 last night, LOL. I guess it's a laughing matter. Cashed in the 100 single entry. That's all. Bruce Brown and Alex Len crossed me. Had like 13 final points for his minutes. Had the rest of the first. Hate Brooks. Yes, we all do. Thank you, sir. All right. Um, Orlando. Is Orlando also a spot that you're looking to get away from?
1: Mostly. Mostly. I mean, we got to... We got to first find out if Terrence Ross is playing. It's kind of nice that most of the rest of these guys are just set to play. There's zero Uh, ownership here. Like absolute zero. 3.5% to Fournier is the high across both sites.
2: Yeah. Aaron Gordon, 2.5% on Javkins, but
1: I I, I didn't, I took Aaron Gordon out for today, by the way. Oh, you did. I, I have a hard time believing he plays today.
2: Okay. Fair enough. Now, Al Farouk Aminu has played 28 and 29 minutes. We discussed him a little bit at the top of the show, but uh, this is the only real spot I want to hit on, and then we can move on, unless
1: you have anything else. so I'm a fan of Aminu today.
2: Yeah, he played 28 and 29 minutes. Uh, yesterday, I found this interesting, too. He only played, like, 11 and a half minutes in the first half. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, did you say something? I'm sorry. I just said, mm-hmm. Okay. And then he played nine minutes to kick off the second half uh, and then five, six, seven, eight, not then another nine minutes in the second half or in the fourth quarter and closed the game, Josh. So you got a legitimate starters rotation from him yeah. in the second half. He played 18 minutes, closed the game out in what was competitive enough to have all of your starters out there. When I saw that he let play less than 12 minutes in the first half, I was worried, but His second half, man, he played a lot of minutes and got up to almost 30.
1: Yeah. And I like, this is a spot where I'm going to throw that campaign ownership in the garbage. I would rather just grab a minu if I'm right. And Aaron Gordon just happens to be out and we still don't see Terrence Ross, like it's $4,100 Dwayne Bacon playing North of 30 minutes. Like that, that looks like just the rest of these chalky crap value plays. Uh, No problem. That for there, like, I don't mind MCW for 4,700 on FanDuel, especially if Ross is still out, but it's really hard to recommend anybody from Orlando. This is probably the worst game on the slate. All right, good.
2: That gives me an excuse to get to our next one, Cleveland and Chicago. Uh, The Cleveland Cavaliers, six-point dogs, 216.5 total. We've seen a lot of low total games this week. Um, Obviously, that'll change in the near future, but – uh, what do we have for Cleveland right now, Josh? Another team, at least based on our ownership projections at awesomeo.com not a single player right now projected for north of 10% on DraftKings. And the one that is highly owned is JaVale. <laughs> Dude, I almost – I I was researching and going over everything the other day. I legitimately almost plugged JaVale McGee into lineups because uh, the matchup that he had against the Kings, they're so bad in the paint. I mean, they allow – so many, so much scoring in the paint. Uh, they can't protect the rim, and he went insane. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But the crazy thing is, nineteen from minutes from Javale McGee could easily net you forty fantasy points.
1: Yeah, this is more of a Fanduel play than a DK play for me. There's no ownership on DraftKings. To me, they're just like contrarian flyers. I think Darius Garland is 5,500 on FanDuel. That's $1,100 cheaper than he is on DK. That is a play that you just need to sort of get to if you're playing a bunch of lineups. Uh, Colin Sexton for 7,300 to me is a contrarian play worth looking at in GPPs, as is $5,600 Larry Nance. These guys are just, uh, at least for Garland and Nance, just way cheaper on FanDuel than they are on DK. And to me, that makes them a little bit more appealing Not a huge fan of Jared Allen today, but I don't hate it. You know, again, anybody that's going to be playing, thats if you play north of 30 minutes regularly and you're a fantasy point per minute guy, you are available to be rostered today. Right. And I I can't talk you out of it, but there's going to be 50 guys that look identical on an 11-game slate.
2: Right. No, it's a good point. If Zeller's out, would you rather go Bismarck, Biombo, or JaVale McGee? Probably neither. Yeah. Oh, I'm not saying either of them would be optimal plays,
1: but I think I'd rather go with Javale McGee, honestly. Um, I mean, I would go biombo because there's like a legitimate chance that he could play thirty something minutes, depending on how the game is actually going. Whereas I think Javale is pretty much capped at like eighteen to twenty. Okay,
2: that's fair. Javale, man, neither
1: one of them are going to make me happy.
2: Monster per minute producer, though.
1: Yeah, for sure.
2: What about Chicago then? I'm pulling ownership up for the Chicago Bulls right now. You've got them again. like Dude, there are just so many teams that they, they just aren't pulling ownership. Yeah. And another thing you would expect more of that we're not getting, just not a ton of big injury news pending for an 11-game slate. It
1: makes this yeah. a really, really weird one. Chicago falls into that same bucket. I'm, I'm sort of excited for Live Before Lock tonight since there's only three games before eight o'clock. Like, I assume news is pretty light, but I think that at like 6.59 or 7.01, we're going to get hit with like 27 pieces of news for the eight o'clock games, and it's going to burn down the Super Draft extended segment. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> I, like, I just, I could see it coming already. We're going to be like, oh, it's kind of quiet, blah, blah, yeah. blah. And then all of a sudden, it's just going to be like a shotgun blast of awfulness yeah. from uh, the Osmo NBA Twitter account. It's a
2: perfect type of day for that.
1: Yeah. So two plays and two plays only here with any sort of uh, interest. Zach Levine is 8K on FanDuel. That's $500 cheaper on DraftKings. To me, he's a a very solid play, uh, about 15 percenter. He's already getting that ownership. And then Sadoransky for 4,600 on Chicago, also picking up a little bit of love. And I agree with it. Uh, The big piece of news that we need to wait for here, Garrett Temple is questionable. If he comes back, I assume Archie Diakano stops seeing minutes. I don't know where the rest of the minutes go because Temple was playing pretty regularly before. I don't think that there's much impact in anything that I just said. You're still going to Levine.
2: Okay. Yeah. uh, Zach Levine has been one of the few bright spots on the Chicago Bulls team this year when you've got guys like Wendell Carter Jr., young player, falling out of favor in that rotation and a bunch of other guys. There were high expectations for that have just been not very good. It's kind of weird guys, not to slow us down, but when you look at, when you look at the bulls, there were a lot of players that had, that we had high expectations for, not you personally or me personally, but in general, uh, Laurie market remember how good he looked early on in his career.
1: Yeah. I mean, these guys are all like number eight picks.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Wendell Carter jr. Uh, I had high hopes for Kobe white. You know, I I was a big fan of his. I don't know if, if he's going to, return Otto yeah. Porter jr was someone that got paid big in Washington look how many guys
1: are on this team that just never materialized into anything it's it's kind of surprising like uh, is that just coaching is that is that because you have let's see if marketing gets traded and and start yeah. like
2: I would love to see them unload everyone and see if it's coaching or if they're just really bad at picking players in the draft
1: yeah I don't know like I mean no you can't really blame the Bulls. Like when they took Markanen or Carter, like nobody was up in arms over those picks. We weren't like, Oh my God, I can't believe they're going with that selection. Everything was reasonable to me. It's just more player development than anything else. Yeah. And they're about to hold on to Thad Young, like dopes. Oh my God. I know that that, there's just nothing redeeming
2: about the way this team has, has been run. And they're going to, it sucks because there's a lot of Bulls fans out there. Pretty popular team. They're going to keep losing games. What? How long until they're a winning organization that is actually a formidable opponent in the East? Honest, if off the top of your head answer.
1: Okay. So we'll say how long do I think it will be before they're like a top four seed or hosting a playoff round? Exactly. But
2: before it's like, oh man, I bet we put it this way. Oh God, they got the Bulls on the schedule today. Tough
1: game. Uh. Uh, like I don't want to say never. I don't mean never. Like it's never going to happen. But like, there's no you reason to project it. it. No, yeah. no. Uh, who in the world? Uh, who would they be building around? I have no yeah. idea. No, I know.
2: Zach Levine's a great player, but yeah, it's not enough
1: at all. No, I mean he needs real legitimate help. I would be very interested to see. This is stupid. Would you? Would you trade Ben Simmons for Zach Levine?
2: Yeah, oh, God, that's tough.
1: Because that's sort
2: of what they need. It's weird about Simmons because the impact he makes is so massive, but at times goes overlooked because his offensive acumen is obviously curtailed by his inability or unwillingness to shoot. But you know as much as I do, the the impact that Ben Simmons has in a basketball game is is really monumental.
1: Yeah, I just – Having Embiid as like the the eraser of Levine's mistakes, I don't know if that helps enough. That his off his such efficient offensive creation uh, offsets it enough. I
2: think I do. It's a,
1: it's a perfect fit.
2: I think I think I would do it. I, I say I think if I'm a Sixers fan, which I am, or I'm running the Sixers, Levine's shooting forty four percent from three this year, he's it's insane. He's he's playing really well. So yeah. yeah. And if you need him to be a ball handler, he can easily do that too. Yeah,
1: it's. I would like, be very sorry, a I would be, like, yeah, yeah. I would be very intrigued by that for the Sixers. Yeah, I would do it as well. Cool. I don't know how much the Bulls would care, but like, it, you know,
2: how much of this is like? Do you? We'll move on. I promise, guys. We're actually not making that bad a time anyway. But yeah, who cares. how much? How much? Like, do you do you agree with the way that Billy Donovan is? is running this team where he's got all of these young guys and he's kind of just saying, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm just going to stop giving them big minutes. And I, it's almost like he's given up on them and doesn't believe in them. Kobe white Wendell Carter, Jr.
1: It's kind of weird, right? It depends. It depends what happens at the deadline. Like if they trade Sadoransky and Thad young, or like, you know, one of Markinen or Wendell Carter, and like, they, I mean, those two might be bad examples, but if they trade Thad Young and Sadoransky, then I don't have much of a problem with it. Sort of, they just use the past couple of weeks as like a showcase for it all. If they sit on all of those guys that are legitimate assets, I mean, I think you you can get something for Thad Young right now uh, from a contending team. Like a lot of teams would like to have Tomas Sadoransky as a bench guard. Sure. I'd like to see where that goes, but I mean, you can't play like, we, we have the data. Kobe White and Zach Levine are terrible on the floor together. You have to separate them. And you're certainly not taking 60-whatever-percent true shooting Zach Levine off the floor at this no. point in time. So, like, White has to be the guy that eats it there. it has been in and out of the lineup with injuries, so it's really hard to reward him. The Wendell Carter one is the weird one to me. I would just have him out there playing 28 minutes, and i hope the right. best.
2: That Plus, the guy's been injured so often. Why don't you just give him a full season? to?
1: He's been bad,
2: though he has not been good, but what is, does it really? Okay. It, I guess. 21. It would, right. It wouldn't, I wouldn't care that he was bad if, or, or I would I wouldn't be worried about playing him if I had some other really good young talent behind him that I wanted to see what they had as well, but that's not what Billy Donovan's doing. Right. So, yeah. I don't,
1: It's weird. doesn't make sense.
2: Let us know what you guys would do. Ben Simmons for Zach Levine. If you're watching it afterwards, leave it in the comments. Tell us in chat. I'm curious to, you know, crowdsource this one or poll the the audience and see where this comes in. And I think, Josh, that I would do it. And his offense could negate the big hole defensively, especially if Joel Embiid is anchoring
1: that defense. I just think the fit is like a little bit cleaner.
2: I think it's doable. I think it's doable. All right. Hey, by the way, if you guys haven't checked out awesome.com yet, there's a couple ways to do it. One, you want to check some free content out. We've got you covered every day. We'll put out different free content. There's so much pre so many premium tools on the site. So we'll pick and choose each day, which ones we're going to put in front of the paywall. Now Adam shares deep dive article, the most comprehensive, uh, most comprehensive DFS breakdown article daily one you're going to find especially because it's free is every day on the site completely free Monday through Sunday. But today we've got the NBA big board for free and the NHL top stacks. But if you want to become a premium sub and get access to our ownership, our player projections, the top stack tool, the boom bus tool, the lineup builder, all of these tools built by awesome. himself. Number one, ranked DFS player for a reason. He built these tools. He uses these tools and he's won millions of dollars. That's, that's not an exaggeration. There's no hyperbole involved. Millions of dollars play in NBA using these tools. Uh, but it's not just NBA either, right? PGA, NHL, and NASCAR, MMA, eSports, college basketball, football, all everything. Baseball, all of these sports, the top stack tool. Josh knows how huge that is for baseball. Yeah, it is a Massive. Phenomenal. It's everything. It's amazing. You know, I didn't even know it existed when I first came over to Osimo because we have so many tools. Yeah. And I stumbled upon it like a month into the season and it changed my entire MBA, uh, MLB process. It's awesome. It,
1: it, it's fantastic.
2: And that's just one tool. We have that for any sport that stacking is involved, hockey, you name it. The boom bust, all the premium articles, the fantasy cruncher add-on, whether you're an MME player, whether you're a three max single entry or cash player, whether you have a lot of money to spend or only a little bit, whether you want one sport or all sports, we got all of it at awesome mode.com. Again, Alex Baker, Osmo himself, behind the scenes. And one thing that goes overlooked, I think Josh mentioned this last week, you know, our CEO, Tom Kennedy, one of the best DFS players out there. Uh, Eddie Lai, behind the scenes, one of our developers, one of the best players out there. RinPak, like all of these guys on the team, not just Alex, are some of the best players out there, all of them contributing to everything we have at Osimo. And be sure to join the premium Slack chat when you sign up, jump in a very cool community and in office hours where you have pros on the awesome o team taking your questions each and every day. AwesomeO.com/join, and if you still want to get in on college for twenty nine ninety five, everything for college basketball is available now through the end of March Madness. Okay, Josh, let's do it, man. Five to go. Memphis OKC. I'll toss this one straight over to you right now. The uh, Memphis
1: Grizzlies, as it stands, five point favorites, two twenty one total against the Thunder. Not a ton to like here, but there is some ownership coming in. So we kind of have to talk about it. Um Justice Winslow as a value play is projected for 11% ownership. That is meh uh, as is Grayson Allen. Meh Kyle Anderson, slow-mo 5,100 projected for 25% ownership. Can't say that I'm excited to get to that number, but I do think that he is playable showed up in my Sims 11% of the time. So he does stand out to me as the best Memphis play on DraftKings, but not at that ownership jaw to me. Very similar play to Kyle Anderson in my data, but coming in with one third of the ownership. So give me jaw of anything from Memphis, very little else. That's the same story on FanDuel, too. Uh, otherwise, good luck picking between Dylan Brooks, Grayson Allen, Desmond Bain, DeAnthony Melton, all these guys that play like 22 minutes a game. I hate it, dude. I hate, I hate, Memphis. if Memphis doesn't do something at the deadline to consolidate some of this talent, man, they're, they're just, they're really hamstringing themselves. Wow. Okay. So do you agree with Anderson? I know this is
2: just uh, completely a, a off topic from what you were discussing in terms of their overall build, but uh, you could call it a non sequitur. Do you like Kyle Anderson at 25% on DraftKings? Not quite, not okay. quite. But he's like a 10 to 15 guy for me. All right. So no core plays for Memphis is what you're saying?
1: No, not, not so much.
2: All right. Well, OKC, okay, Darius Baisley remains out. Uh, there's no real big injury news that we've had so often with the Oklahoma City Thunder this season uh, and that has essentially just forced everyone's ownership through the floor not named Gilgis Alexander so uh, once again another team
1: that's just not popular one of them is Shea Gilgis Alexander on FanDuel projected for a crisp 43 percent ownership today uh 0% chance that I would play 43% of Shea Gilgis-Alexander today at that ownership. That's just, I like him. I think he's a really nice play. Showed up in the optimal 20% of the time for me. That's a really high number on an 11-game slate. To play 43% Shea today would be ludicrous. That's just a very easy way to get away from him in large field GPPs. Again, he's a great play. Cash games, 7K Shea in this spot. Yeah, sign me up for sure. Looks good. He is a vastly over-owned play on FanDuel. No one else stands out to me from Oklahoma City with every essentially everybody back except for Basley. The highest-owned guy on DraftKings is Shea at 13. Next highest is Dort at three. Like, this is just – you're not going to Oklahoma City today.
2: No. Outside of Gilchrist Alexander, like you just said, there's no one even on the radar. No one close to the radar.
1: No, not even remotely close.
2: All right, so do you think are we about to start getting to some high owned players on these final four games, Josh? Yeah, it's it's gonna pick up a little bit. <sighs> all right, so let's move to uh, Dallas and Minnesota if you're all right with that. Yeah, there's one. Mavericks eight and a half point favorites against the Timberwolves. Finally, a total above two fifteen. We got two thirty-two here. This game could get a little bit interesting. Now, once again, no real significant injury news. Like, you have no Willie Cauley-Stein, so uh, I suppose that's fun. Hey, James Johnson is back, man. Yes, James Johnson not on the injury report. We got that wonderful news yesterday as well. Uh, But we'll start with Dallas. The Minnesota Timberwolves, as an opponent, uh, are are not exactly a team that you worry about playing at a top-five pace, top-four pace over the last month while ranking 24th in defense. It is a good recipe when you have bad defense fast pace for your opponent.
1: Yeah, this, this one I'm really into. So Chris Asporzingis is my number one contender on FanDuel today. It's already projected for 20% ownership uh, on the site. I think it should be higher. It shouldn't take much for me to explain why Luka Doncic is a good play today, but he is my preferred pay up option on DraftKings. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't say preferred. I think that he and Harden are equal, but we're projecting Harden for twice as much ownership as Luka. So sign me up for Luka Doncic on DK. Um, he is my second preferred payup option on FanDuel, just slightly behind Harden. So really like getting to Luka. I think that Maxi for 3,800 is 25% owned right now, but I think that that actual value play is warranted given the amount of minutes that he plays each night. Josh Richardson, to me, is viable across both sites. Luca, Porzingis, Richardson, all basically equal in value to me on DK. They're all getting a little bit of ownership, but I think Porzingis once again going underrepresented. I just want to get a lot of Dallas because Minnesota's defense is absolutely terrible. It's a pace-up spot for Dallas, and they are likely to put a whopping on them, and I'm in for that. I am in for
2: that as well. Minnesota is one of the worst teams in the league. Um, I'm not even willing to put them worse uh, because I think it's the Toronto Raptors
1: no I'm I'm kidding but I think Minnesota is the worst team in the league
2: yeah they are if Houston's healthy it's it's Minnesota but Houston's just an atrocious basketball team maybe if they're healthy they're better but you talk about all the Dallas love on the Minnesota side there is nothing on DraftKings whatsoever I think Nas Reed when I looked was the highest Projected yeah. owned at four percent. It's even crazier on Fanduel, where Anthony Edwards is two percent. And I mentioned this on the deep dive with deeper dive with uh, Adam the other day. I am a fan of Edwards' ability to get up shots, and I took some heat for this in chat that <laughs> you have to worry about his floor with how scoring dependent he is. And that came to fruition against OKC played 32 minutes, took 16 shots. He does not get to the free throw throw line, Josh, and he does not give you solid peripherals. So as much as I think he can rip off a 40 real uh, points like he did against Phoenix, you can also get 25 DraftKings points from Edwards like we did last game because he's not giving you anything outside of scoring and doesn't get to the line.
1: Now, highest-owned guy in this game is Nas Reed at 4% on DraftKings, as you said. Uh, I don't even agree with that. The highest-ranked guy that I had was... $3,200 thirty two hundred dollar Josh Akoji at six point nine percent. Uh you're probably not playing anybody from Minnesota today. That was easy. Yeah. Okay. Man, it's yeah. I guess we And don't again, really like to... if you want to play Towns, go for it.
2: Right. <laughs> yeah, but that would be the only that would be the only one. And yeah. I, like I'm saying, I just think Edward's just too expensive. He's got to come back down to a price that you're not paying an egregious amount for a guy that isn't going to give you peripherals. So
1: Yeah. Like he shows up in the optimal for me, 6% of the time, that's three times as much as his ownership, but like, you know, a lot of people are going to look like that today.
2: Clippers six point favorites, two twenty total against the San Antonio Spurs. Let's touch on the uh, LA Clippers for a second, Josh, starting with the Vitsa Zubats who is in that mid five K range, but the minutes have been consistent with Serge Ibaka out and Serge Ibaka won't play again today. Um, Although only 25 minutes for Zubai's last game. The one before that, he would have got more
1: if it wasn't a monster blowout. What are you yeah. projecting him for today? 30 minutes and no chance on playing him? How's that? He's, we're projecting him for 30% ownership on FanDuel and 29% on DK. I Crazy. just fully don't agree with it. I was 5% in my optimal lineup on DraftKings today. Even if we want to say that I'm just, like, shockingly low. By the way, I'm projecting him for a fantasy point per minute, which to me is pretty reasonable.
2: Yeah.
1: He's a little bit over fantasy point per minute guy on the season. I think he's like 1.05. Yeah. I don't think the matchup against San Antonio is all that great. Jakob Hurdle is arguably the best rim protector in the league. We'll call it top five if you would like. People are shooting like 46% at the rim or something along that line this year. Like incredible defensive player that nobody talks about. Um, I don't really like getting to Zubac at that ownership if you're playing him in a cash scenario, I think it's more viable, but I don't really see him as that all that great of a play overall. This is mostly just $8,200 Paul George on both sites. And even that's not a lot. I am not enamored with the Clippers. I think they're over-owned.
2: Okay. Yeah. Uh, I don't disagree. I liked Zubats a lot the other day, just because his ownership was a fraction of what Moses Brown was coming in at, uh, yeah. or, you know, a lot less. And I didn't think there was that big of a discrepancy between them ended up. They both finished with similar numbers, but uh, that ownership's pretty wild today. And I was a little bit discouraged that he only played 25 minutes because the game before that suggested that Zubac was on pace to play a lot more. And that was not the case on Monday.
1: So no, it was not. Yeah. You're going to need all of those minutes from him too. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. So, you know, we got a super chat, by the way, from chief big wave says Morant. More interested in poster dunks working for Top Shot. (laughs) Well, yeah, I don't know. Maybe you you should be. How high are you on Morant going forward? Like, perennial all-star, overhyped, great player, Hall of Famer, just one one word to describe or one sentence to describe where he is in five years.
1: I'm going to go with a phrase more exciting than mike conley And and i don't mean it from like a uh i don't mean it from like a play style perspective obviously but being in memphis isn't going to be like super helpful for him i'm anxious to see if that's a place that he wants to stay i worry about his size a bit and his lack of ability to shoot the three ball off the dribble that is a problem for me he's been fantastic I think he's going to be incredible. He's going to get a lot more all-star appearances than Mike Conley ever will. Um, That I believe. I don't think that he could be the best player on a championship team.
2: Okay. Fair enough. What about San Antonio on the other side of this one? Anything jump off the page at you
1: that needs to be considered? Derek White, 5,200 on FanDuel, 5,800 on DraftKings, picking up a little bit of ownership. Last three games, for Derek White, 36 minutes, 33 minutes, 35 minutes. Well, out of four, 33 minutes. Uh, just playing really big minutes. And Lonnie Walker going to be out for this one. So they, fe- they even feel like a little bit more firm. So Derek White would be the only guy that I'm interested in from San Antonio.
2: All right. That makes it easy enough. Let's go to Brooklyn and Utah then. Maybe things get a little bit more interesting here. No Kyrie Irving on this road trip. James Harden was questionable, ended up playing yesterday, and, you know, had a floor game, like 64 fantasy points. (laughs) In all seriousness, it feels that way. Like when Harden... He
1: hit hit his median. Like that was exactly what everybody assumed.
2: Harden, 32% right now. I, I think maybe that comes up. Maybe not. 11 games. So we'll see. Claxton getting some love. Bruce Brown just dreadful performance yesterday. I really liked him a lot. Just given the circumstances, he stunk only 22 minutes. What are your thoughts on the,
1: the Brooklyn Nets? You can start from top to bottom. So obviously Harden is the, the premier guy to look at today uh, on FanDuel at eleven three, three. I don't mind the ownership at all on DraftKings. To me, it's incredibly incorrect. Uh, there's no chance that I would want to prioritize James Harden on DraftKings given Luka Doncic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic, and even Carl Anthony Towns, although I don't think that he's a great play today. But we have all – we have Luka, Giannis, and Jokic. Let's just say all at 15%. It's basically the same. I I can't put James Harden more than double that. That's just too big of a separation for me, especially going against Utah. Now, granted, uh, we've seen James Harden uh, against Utah and uh, the way that they handle him, but this is not that Rockets team – I am pessimistic on James Harden on DraftKings. I would rather just be a little bit heavier on some of these other payoff options. But on FanDuel, where you have to roster two shooting guards, he's still clearly a high-end option. Nick Claxton for 4K on DraftKings looks like a solid value play to me, although, again, maybe a little bit over-owned as a value play goes. The guy that I would rather get to from Brooklyn, I don't know if the minutes are going to be there again, but TLC is only a hundred dollars above the minimum 3,100. That's another one where it's just like, "Ah, I'd rather have him than campaign today.
2: All right. So the Utah jazz on the season are a middle of the road team when it comes to pace Uh, and defensively, they're pretty good. They're like top five, but it kind of doesn't matter in a spot like this when you're the Brooklyn nets and you're James Harden. Priority plays on the slate from Brooklyn. Josh are
1: James Harden on Fanduel. Play Nick Claxton and TLC, but don't go crazy because okay. there's no. I can't use the word priority for those two guys. <laughs> so are you are you out on Bruce Brown now? How many minutes do we expect him to play?
2: Well, that's kind of the thing. I mean, was yesterday an anomaly? And is Bruce Brown getting more minutes than than he did yesterday? Or was yesterday what we should expect with Kyrie Irving out? I think that's the tough part.
1: I mean, the last time Bruce Brown played north of 24 minutes was three weeks ago. Something along those lines. Yeah. Played 28 minutes on March 3rd. Like, if he's not going to get it there with Irving and Shamit out, and he could have. Like, he was, he was fine. He was available to play. He played his rotation in the third quarter and never saw the floor again. That seems intentional. I feel like TLC is the guy that's getting the minutes, getting the additional stretch the same way that they would have if Shamit were out there.
2: I think you're right. Uh, it sucks that the TLC didn't close the game and it went to Tyler Johnson. But... He did get you know, the bulk of the opportunity that Bruce Brown didn't. Bruce Brown only played three minutes to start the game off. He,
1: so he got poked in the eye. Is that what out. it was? But okay. he, he came back and played like five more rotations in the first three quarters. Yeah. So that, yeah. it became a 0% issue.
2: Right. So It didn't
1: cost him anything.
2: But the odd thing, like take the second quarter, for example, you saw TLC play uh, three, almost four minutes in that quarter. Yeah. So that meant that Bruce Brown played, like, eight minutes in the quarter yeah. and then, like you said, comes back for the second half and plays six minutes the entire half. Six minutes for the entire half. TLC played, um, what, like 14, 15 minutes in the second half. That should be a red flag. So uh, yeah. I think you might be on to something here. If Bruce Brown ends up being owned again and TLC is similar ownership or ends up being less – he feels like the guy. Uh, for me, it's an ownership thing because who knows if Bruce Brown does get the minutes. Maybe he
1: does. Yeah, and at 4,700, like it's not as if he's some fantastic play, even if you do project him for 20 Right, minutes. of course. Do you like the uh, Utah Jazz today? Uh, not as much as the public. 10% owned Donovan Mitchell, I think is correct. 10% owned Jordan Clarkson, I don't think is correct. And 20% owned Mike Conley at 5,800 on FanDuel seems a little bit high. So uh, I'd be more likely to have basically zero Utah over anything else, but uh, same story as before uh, the the pace is helped here for Utah. If you're getting Mitchell, Gobert, Conley, Boyan, I get it. Those guys should be rotated into lineups. They are starters that play North of 30 minutes. There are no standout options here, especially if they're already getting ownership.
2: All right. That makes sense to me. Well, it's uh. Twelve
1: minutes past the hour. I'd say for eleven games, we've done quite well, Josh. Yeah, we we got on some tangents. We did a little Jokic and Bead stuff, yeah. going old school on that one. I like it. A little Bulls roster breakdown as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's been good. Mm-hmm. It's been good. Not bad. It's been good. Uh, and
2: I would be remiss to close the show out without talking about our wonderful, wonderful sponsor. Easy for me to say. No house advantage. Uh, really cool site. Really cool format, player props, peer-to-peer contest form, format. But this is very simple. This is If, if, I, if I were to give you a couple of reasons to play at No House Advantage, I'll give you the, the most simple and lo- logical, realistic ones. First of all, it's good to make money, and it's good to take opportunities where you have a legitimate edge, right? Some sites, it might be overlay. Other sites, it might be a new format that you have a leg up on because you've spent the most time. Here at No House Advantage, all of the props are static throughout the day. If something changes on another book and money, big money moves the line, it doesn't happen here. Number two, all of the tools for No House Advantage are free at Osmo. There's a lot of people out there that play DFS, that play at No House Advantage, that don't even know that Osmo exists. They will, but might not now. So they don't know that the player prop projections are totally free every day. The Optimal Lineups page, the Optimal Lineups tool, for No House Advantage, totally free. All of that at awesomo.com. Use that as a companion, as two top tools to play over there and win money. And use the promo code AwesomeMode to get a $20 match deposit bonus when you sign up. So awesome format. It's very unique. Static lines don't change throughout the day. It gives you an edge. Free tools at awesomo.com And the promo code Awesomo get you $20 when you sign up and deposit. Download the No House Advantage app today. Start making some money. All right, Josh, Atlanta-Sacramento. Let's wrap this one up. Kind of a fun game to close the slate out on. The uh, Atlanta Hawks, though, just not a ton of love going to them. Is there any love from you when it comes to Trey or Bogdan Bogdanovich or Clint Capella or John Collins today? Yeah, you hit one of them. Um, Did you hit on Gallo by any chance? No, I did not mention Danilo Gallinari.
1: Okay, I was looking at something else. Uh, Gallo, questionable today. I'm not expecting him to play. Uh, He did not go through the shoot-around yesterday. So, Trey Young, 8,700 on FanDuel, 8,700 on DK. You know, sign me up for a bit of that. Hard to ignore him there. He's Trey Young, 1.2 to 1.3 fantasy point per minute guy, depending on what you want to look at, because a matchup against Sacramento is about as good as it's going to get. Happy to get to Clint Capella. He should absolutely beast against the Sacramento team. But the guy we need to talk about, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Uh, he's like a 0.8 fantasy point per minute guy. I think it looks a little bit better against Sacramento. Revenge narrative or whatever, blah. 4,200 on Sandal, seems like an okay value play. 4K on DraftKings. This is a guy projected for 10% ownership. I think it should be double that. Bogdanovich, one of my favorite plays relative to his ownership, relative to salary, clear across the board, ranked really highly in contenders. Bogdan Bogdanovich on DK is the best play from Atlanta.
2: All right. And uh, by the way, Moneymaker, you asked, how do you become a member for the uh, YouTube on mobile? All you do is with the live chat open, you'll see that little like dollar sign in the bottom right. Just click that and you can do super chat, uh, super sticker, or oh, maybe you can't. That's weird. Maybe you can't do. It looks like on mobile, you can't join. That's kind of dumb.
1: Yeah. I mean, who uses their cell phones in 2021? Jeez. Yeah, right makes no sense,
2: but that's kind of weird. I'm looking at it. You can super chat. I don't see any way to join. That's dumb. Go on desktop, though. We'd love to have you join, become a member here, get one of those sick badges. Sacramento Kings are the worst defense in the league this year. So that means that, generally speaking, from a DFS standpoint, they're going to make for some interesting plays because they give up so many points. If they're going to keep things competitive, there's usually at least one or two players that are uh, somewhat appealing. And Therese Halliburton is the one getting most of the love today. I was very encouraged to see his playing time, yes, last one, even playing pretty deep into that blowout. And while his peripherals weren't great, Josh, you still saw 20, I think it was 25 points, points—and 28 points in 36.2 minutes. Very encouraging for me for a guy that was apparently and quote-unquote limited in his playing time.
1: Yeah, so this is... Pretty easy to talk about. I don't have a ton of interest in Rashawn Holmes or Buddy Heald today. Uh, I like him a little bit more on DraftKings than I do on FanDuel. But Fox, Halliburton, Barnes, any really, any of these starters that are playing 32, 33, 37 plus minutes a game, I'm cool getting to those guys. You know, the 230 something total is really helpful here on a slate that doesn't really have a ton of high total games. I think this could be a pretty up tempo affair. So I really do like Fox. I like Halliburton quite a bit. I like Barnes. They are getting ownership on FanDuel and DK. So I can't like recommend them heavily, but I think all of that ownership is fully warranted.
2: All right. Do you have warranted ownership or unwarranted lack of ownership elsewhere on this team?
1: Um, I mean, Halliburton at 26% ownership feels a little high, but I, I can't really like argue with it. I, I think he's really good. Uh, everything else seems fine. I mean, like three and a half percent owned. Aaron Fox. I'd be cool to have more of that on DK. Okay. That's about it. Yeah, I think so.
2: All right. Well, hey guys, hit that thumbs up for all those of you that stick with us through the entire show. You're warriors. We appreciate it. It can get long, but for 11 games... Pretty solid job. And I know a lot of you guys are here with us from start to finish. You probably already hit that thumbs up. But if you didn't, do that and subscribe to the channel. Jordan, welcome to Team awesome as well. Pretty sweet avatar. Josh, anything else coming up today that we
1: think everyone should know about? Well, go watch the process show from this morning where I went on a very deep dive through all 11 of these games. Uh, Then watch the deep dive later tonight with – deeper dive, rather, with Lafayette and Adam – I'll be on live before lock tonight with Greg Ehrenberg. We'll be on for 90 minutes, a half hour additional for Super Draft. So that'll be fun. And uh, go check out the contenders. Those are both already live.
2: Sounds good to me. We got so much. Every Wednesday, it feels like we have so much going on. Daily game plans behind the paywall. That's Alex Baker giving you some fresh new strategy approaches every single day. The tip off at 4 p.m., nba deeper diet 445 live before lock and then the late slate show at 9 p.m with greg uh and spag so we got everything everything you need
1: we got you covered no golf show today josh golf's already started man oh it's a wednesday yeah okay yeah. they were supposed to do live before lock this morning and then tea times got moved up so they couldn't even do that
2: oh that sucks all right yeah. well no golf but everything else Thanks for hanging out as always, guys. Remember, check any of these shows out in podcast form and leave a review and rate us if you don't mind. Greatly appreciated. We'll see you back here tomorrow on the Strategy Show presented by Know How's Advantage.